Yellow, hello, sun is shining, it's a Saturday, spring is upon us, and I'm bringing a conversation today, I recorded over a month ago, and now I'm just finally pulling it out of the archives, I'm speaking in this conversation with two gentlemen, uh, Sway Shadows and Tune TWS, and these guys have a, a YouTube channel called Slippery Slope, that's how I discovered them. My, my good friend Sean showed me their channel, and I thought, hey, I'd love to sit down with these guys and record a conversation. And so we go all over the place, and... It seems timely that I'm posting this episode today for anyone who happens to tune into the Facebook world or has seen any flyers around Philly. I was involved in organizing an event last night, and even now, afterwards, I'm still not even sure how to describe this event. Um, but this is a part of my life that I'm uh, exploring now is this art of event organization, creating and curating an experience that brings lots of people together and ultimately provides some sort of joy or inspiration. And so the last couple events I've organized have gotten few numbers very few people, but well, it's raising questions about what is success, and so I thought, hey, what what's going on? If my intentions are pure and I'm organizing these events that are supposed to be good for the soul and good for the community, why aren't people coming? And that way of thinking has so many so many areas to look at um, like what is success is it lots of people coming I mean that's nice that's great if I can be involved in something that brings joy and inspiration to lots of people but even still just getting down to the basics of it the, the, the foundation of like this idea of joy and inspiration that I am uh, like a vector, that I'm the source. I've created something that brings joy and inspiration to people. There's, there is this like selfish part of it, and it's not like, oh, I created it. It's not about, hey, everyone look at me and I, this event I created, but it is just something I feel inside, like, oh, I, I did something good. And there's, I mean, I'm, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I'm just recognizing that, um, that way of thinking could, it could form what, an idea of what success is. That, um, the measure of success is 
how many people come and how much joy and inspiration they receive. And maybe that's a good indication of success. I suppose that after last night, I am feeling these feelings of failure. I failed. Oh, I failed. I didn't get a lot of people there. What ha- I went and put out all these flyers. I posted things on Facebook. What's the deal? And I, and I asked questions like, hey, what's going on? If, if my intentions are good, then shouldn't I be successful? And right, that right there, it, I mean, it's very comforting to believe that if my intentions are pure, then I am guided, guided towards success. But I, I have to d- do some real thinking on what that vision of success looks like. So anyway, <laughs> speaking with Sway and Tune, and, and really in a lot of these conversations on the Feeling Philly podcast, we are talking about this better world that we can envision. There's the, the title of this book I love, The More Beautiful World Our Hearts Know Is Possible. It's by Charles Eisenstein. Haven't even read it. Still digesting the title. It's such an amazing title. And so in in this episode, we're talking about politics. We're talking about the everyday. We're talking about jobs. What, What is it? What are we all doing here? Maybe... We're trying to provide joy and inspiration. But where does joy and inspiration come from? What creates joy and inspiration? I don't think it's something that can be given or maybe it can. These are far out ideas, hard to touch upon. Honestly, you know, I've been feeling confused. There experiences in our lives that can make us feel very certain that yes this is this is good this is what i'm doing this is my work this fuels me and then there are experiences that make me question everything am i doing the right thing oh I, i'm I, i'm not good at this this isn't for me oh, i need to get out of here this isn't the place for me to live these aren't my people start to question everything it feels much better to be on the other side of that, to feel home, to feel home with the people around us, to feel home with the environment we are in, to feel home with the experiences that we are involved with, to feel home with the work that we're doing. Home. 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 Quite a ramble, Harry Bo. Quite a ramble. So much more to say, and perhaps nothing more to say. I am but a servant of the greater good.
and I believe we all are. Let's just remember that. And it's in every moment, every single moment. I'll, I'll just end with what I've written in my journal recently. Whenever I ask myself, what am I doing? What, what am I here to do? Well, I'm here to be a part of the healing process of life on earth in this universe to heal the wounds of poverty, war, and ecological destruction. And I'm also here to learn how to live in a perpetual state of peace and love. And those two missions, they feed each other, they serve each other. Adios, peace, love. Here we are. What's up? Yeah, again, well, hello. Um, you know what? I usually do an intro, but I've been listening to your videos, mm -hmm. and I love your intro. Uh. It's so catchy. I feel like I need to start doing something. Yeah, we do love ours, you know. So, yeah. for my listeners who may not be familiar with Slippery Slope, can we come in with your intro? Okay, okay. Uh, uh, what's cracking, y'all? What's, your what's, boy. what's cracking, world? It's your boy TWS Tune. It's your boy Sway Shadows with your favorite show, Slippery, Slippery Slope. Slope. Climbing again. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Ah, that's you know, the one, we, we like to we like to bring a little bit of energy when we uh when we approach messaging. You know, we got we got positive things to say, and we know that we need to say them well. So we wanna. We want to make sure that we draw the people in. That's that's our approach. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Got the hot topics. Hot topics off the, off the noggin. Off the noggin. Yes. One or two, one <laughs> or two. You know. Definitely, because mm -hmm. it really be unscripted. Like we really gonna sit there just real quick. Like, yeah, the way we uh, we think about the way today. we operate is we decide to film, we meet, we talk about maybe some things that we've been going through or things that have been on our mind, and we each decide a topic. And right after deciding the topic, we start filming. So literally, we don't even have any time to, to begin to articulate or set any game plans. But <coughs> if you watch our videos and you see, it's like we're playing off of each other as if it was scripted. You know, I'll come in with my first topic and, and you know, I'll, I'll start to discuss. And he'll bring in a, an analogy, you know, that I start to walk off and build. You know, he'll, he'll talk about a ship, you know, and... I play off the ship. He'll talk about an elevator, and I play off the elevator. You know, so it's it really comes down to being a proper team. You know, mm -hmm. you, you need to trust your co-pilot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, I I discovered you two. Um, Sway Shadows, Tune TWS, and I want to talk about those names in a little bit. But I discovered you two through a mutual friend who who showed me your your YouTube channel. And within the first 30 seconds, I thought, I need to bring these guys on the podcast. <laughs> definitely appreciate that. Mm -hmm. We, uh, we definitely want to, we want to approach as many, as many audiences and work with as, as many 
talented people as possible to to get out the proper messaging, you know, promote messages of progress. That's what this podcast, this podcast has many purposes and missions. One of them is to to bring together these diverse communities. And so as I was telling you guys earlier, like it started off, I was interacting with the yoga community of Philadelphia, which is an interesting community of like very spiritual folks, but it's expanded. And and now I'm, I'm talking to people with different perspectives and those perspectives are important for all these different communities to hear and to understand. Sure. And so, and definitely, uh, I've got, a, you know, working at the company I work for, there are, there are several yogis and yoga enthusiasts, you know, so I definitely know the, uh, the open-mindedness that comes from the community, yeah. you know, the uh, the awareness of self, yeah. you know, the the ability to breathe through your issues, to understand that any pain, anything that's going on can be accomplished with a with a calm spirit and a calm heart. That's something that I can admire, you know, something that anyone should be able to get behind, along with messages that come from all sorts of cultures. You know, you have skater communities and band communities. We have hip-hop communities, different religions and ways of thinking and living. They all have some real truth to them, don't they? Don't they all share some some commonalities? When we when we look at the the many social contracts of the world, the Mayflower Compact, the Magna Carta, the U.S. Constitution, what are some things that they share in common? They share phrases like, the common good. When, as people, do we agree to give up our freedoms if not for the common good? When do we choose to sit and work as a team, pursue team efforts, if not for the common good? This is something that we should be pushing every day. There are lessons to be had from multiple religions and religious texts. If we were to to look for the good in things as opposed to the the differences and the the opposing natures, we'd find some some true progress. We'd be able to to bring ourselves to some real truths. Capital T. Because together we stand. That's real said. Like that's why I am who I am. Because like I'm I'm, I'm this this person that's like always able to able just just help people and. When I needed the help, I received it back, and it was like, Absolutely. where would I be without it? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, damn, these, if people were the same way-ish. You know? Well, if we were to continue not? to believe in, in common goals, common efforts, team efforts, you know, if we were to, to stand together on a daily basis, even with our differences, how much could be had? How much could be gained? How much could we we do for society as a whole, if not the grandest things? Now, you guys have this beautiful ability to dispense this wisdom smoothly, articulately, in an entertaining way, no less. And and it raises questions for me because uh, to be able to do so is not easy. or so it seems, but um, you know, what is your practice? What's what's uh, what's a routine or a practice that you two 
have in your day-to-day life? I mean, is there journaling? Is there meditating? Is there just these long conversations? Even when the camera's off, are you two just going back and forth, chopping it up about these deep well, questions? I, 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 go, I go through it with music, man. I, I like to make music, and all day I go through it with music and beats, and I'll just be sitting there engaging with people because... As soon as I, people see me, they want to talk to me, see what's up with this. Who the who, who are you, big guy? I just want to, what's up? And they just want to see what's up. Then I, I start talking, and they're like, I don't know. It becomes a, a practice of politic, of engaging with people with day-to-day life. We're, we're focused on, on living, on climbing. You know, we speak on, we speak on the mountain. And of climbing, because that's what life is. We're we're living day to day. We're working every day. We're working not only to pay our bills, but we're working on our dreams. We're working on creating things that'll last, lasting impressions. We're working on on our state of mind. We make sure that as we we climb, we we see it for what it is, the journey towards the peak. Not one peak. But many mountains. Mm, mm. You understand. So, what are, what are some of those peaks? Well, you can understand that there are many challenges in life, and many aspects to, and spectrums to life: relationships, jobs, pursuits, hobbies. Each of these things are a mountain. Things that we have to to climb, to pursue with, with all our hearts. If we can't engage with the things that we desire. The things that we have a duty to. Are we are we really living? Is there there are things that we want to get done. Things that we sign on to. Those are mountains. Hmm. And we can choose to climb. Choose to take the ascent. Or we can see no mountains. Right. I feel like that got the weight only at the the peak of like emotional, physical, and mental, you, you reach something that's uh, that gets you there, you know what I'm saying? That's why I like to use the music a lot. That helps me talk a lot. I talk to a lot of people because a lot of people see me doing it. And it's like, if I didn't, I don't know, that's, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to I talk as much. Be without our because I can't, I, I just, I'll be stuttering talking. Like, even right now, I, I have a problem talking. Yeah. If people didn't talk to me, I wouldn't be able <clears throat> to even say anything. Because I'm not, spoke. I don't speak unless spoken to. Mm. Now, is music your, your main mode of artistic expression? Um, I, I want to say pictures are. Because, I, I mean, I have a camera. And taking I photos. Love, and I love taking pictures. I love seeing things. I see As soon as I see a nice something, I, my eyes take a picture first, and then I go get my camera. Mm. And it, that makes me feel good. Like, looking at it later, it's like, oh, God, this was a good-ass picture. Like, definitely. This is a great picture. Like, I took that. Like, I like to think that, he, that he's well-rounded create in all of his creative pursuits. You know, any project that I've seen him really approach he's he's been able to engage with and really bring to life you know i I like to think that tune's talent is is engaging you know he can engage with any project he can engage with 
with any pursuit worthy of his time, you know, as we all should be a bit exclusive with our mountains, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we make sure that our causes are worthy of the glory that we'll reach? Yeah. With me being great at that age, I mean, he's a great people person. Like, guys, amazing with people. People love him. They see him. They want to be his friend. Like, hey, what's, what's up? I want to be that friend. Too. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. the fact yeah. that he could work, make you yeah. make things work for you, is just a plus. So, what what do you all owe that to? This ability to not only speak to these truths, but also, from what you're saying, living these truths. Like, what was what was childhood like growing up in Philly, and what what sort of upbringing did you experience that allowed you and enables you today to be interacting in life in this way? You've been through it all. I like to think that. Uh, I've been through it all. Or the, and ask, let me ask this: How long have you two known each other? Do you go back to childhood? Uh, we go back to about middle school. Middle school. And okay. And just uh, in like similar circles. You know, and then we got to high school, and then we really, uh, we had a few encounters that, you know, brought us together at a more organizational level, even back then. You know, so nowadays it's just, it's a natural transition for me to trust him. I feel as though of, of the many, of the many partners that I had in the world, he's one of the few that knows my mind the most. You know, I can trust him to know what my intent is. You know what I mean? I can trust him to know where I'm going with things, and it, it comes out on tape in the slippery slope show. You know what I mean? Because if you see how natural our transitions are, I would say it's because of those years together. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, effortless. You know, it just flows beautifully. Well, so so take me back. Yeah, take me back. What's what are the moments of of early life that stand out? I want to say. Uh, you know, we hear about the many stories of life in the inner city. You know, we, we know what comes with living in certain communities at certain points in times under certain economic conditions. You know, Plato said that if there's, if there's a poor class, they would necessarily be a criminal class. If there's a poor class, they would necessarily be a criminal. There class. will necessarily be a criminal class. And what are some reasons? Do you imagine? Well, part of it is comes down to labeling theory. I'm a criminology minor, so I know that one such theory says that well, people are just labeled criminals because of where they are economically. You have gentlemen who get into office at very high places who say that things like marijuana should be criminalized because they don't agree with it and because certain people utilize cannabis or are 420 friendly. You know, although statistics say that most Americans agree with it, there are a few who just don't. And when they label full populations of youth criminals that's more due to being labeled than because they're criminals mm. you understand you, you're saying like the label actually creates this 
this self stigma the stigma okay the stigma you know what i'm saying but much like any other brand any other trend we the people create it you know we're in control of what brands we we push and what sorts of ideals nowadays you know in the hip-hop community you have gentlemen like meek mills and jay-z pushing prison reform now isn't that something that the american people have been behind for years you know we've we've made a lot of different moves at a legislative level towards making sure that people aren't labeled criminals and if they are is for the right reasons you know so you know there are many causes we're fighting for you know we feel as though our cause is just the promotion of people we don't necessarily want to you know ruffle any feathers or you know create any sort of social movements what we want to do is create movements within the self we want to create a positive state of mind among the people among the masses so this this labeling phenomenon did that affect you did that play a role in your earlier years well i would definitely say that uh it'll be hard not to you know but What's important are the lessons that you pull out, the lessons of, of community, the lessons of, of progress. You know, uh, I've lived in the suburbs. You know, I went out to college in Indiana, PA, and I uh, spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh. And, you know, I realized that you just don't see the same sort of communities that you see in the city. You know, there's it's hard to to see neighbors, you know, really seeing themselves as as family. You know, you see a lot of uh, neighborly rivalry in a lot of places that I visited. Hmm. A sort of competition for, for territory, I think that goes back to, you know, our, our baser instincts of, of mine, mine, mine. You know, although obviously we see great people everywhere. You know, no matter, you know, who you are across the spectrum, we can see value, mm. we can see appreciation, we can see senses of of progress, senses of love, you know. That's but right. I would definitely say that I've I've felt a lot of love in in the inner city. Mm. You know, I've I've seen I've seen people come together and and create families out of, you know, much like in any place, you know, friends from years ago. My partner here, we we haven't seen each other in about 10 years. And lo and behold, here we are sitting here today, you know, climbing mountains together. You know, we we're able to, with because of the sheer volume of people in the city, create hundreds of bonds, you know, mm. thousands throughout the years. That of people that you create lasting relationships with, true bonds, even though you happen to not see each other years in between. Yeah. I, so, don't, I don't really necessarily know what what made me who I am, but I know what changed who I was. Like that, being a growing up where I was at, it was a. It was rough hanging where we was hanging out, right? You know what I'm saying? We just 
which I was just trying to chill and play um, Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And people wanted to hang out and smoke, and that led to buying stuff, and that led to trying to get money, and that led, that led to people not wanting to get you money, and that led to gangs, that led to trouble. But then getting locked up changed me. I mean, a juvenile system uh, gave me education other than the one I received from who led at Burgos, which was uh, outstanding, by the way, because I, I ain't going to hold you. I ain't going to learn nothing in high school. But that teacher learned, taught me the world. And getting booked, I mean, I, I got my GED. I learned to channel my angers into sports and start playing football, doing uh, cross country, um, basketball, um, powerlifting, volleyball. I mean, uh, I got all that and I said, when I came back home, I'm going to go back to school and try and get my high school diploma and need to go somewhere with basketball. Um, all this led me to meet so many people. Like, in that transition of where I was locked up at, I traveled to the United States playing all those sports. See, I met a lot of people, touched a lot of hands. You know, a lot of people that told me nothing but good criticism, which I was hard at taking before until I got locked up and had to, was forced to listen because I, I had a problem with the authority. It comes, it yeah. kind of, it all comes, it circles all back to people. Yeah. People's ability to uplift. People's <laughs> ability to to show other ways in, of living and thinking. You know, when you grow up in a place where you essentially don't have anywhere to, to plant a plot of food. No one collects right rainwater. Oh, you know, our own, our ability to survive in the city consists of economic ability. And if we lack that, we're not able to get the basic things needed for survival. Mm-hmm. Because again, there are no, there are no fruit trees in the parks for mm-hmm. some reason. Mm-hmm. Why, why aren't there fruit trees in every major city? Mm. You know, and you understand, mm-hmm. we we could be promoting parks that are have a multitude of different fruits that maybe are changed yearly, you know, or, or I mean, I'm sorry, seasonally. Seasonally, we have you know different things provided because things are some things are a bit more resilient. You know, we, there are things that we could be doing to to promote people positive messaging, positive ideas for society, you know, and, it, and it's, it's again, for the sake of people, for the common good, because why else would we engage with the social project that is America, you know, the great, We're you touching know, all those people. greatest country on earth. Mm-hmm. I came up with a Together We Stand, which is a clothing brand, and um, uh, not even a clothing brand, it's just a name that I want to use because uh, 
I feel like I guess it has a it's a really lasting idea or something that that, that a lot of people can go behind, you know, because uh, people have forgotten the power that we have together and how the government is going down right now and how a lot of things are going in the way of now is wrong because of we're not standing together. We're just listening to other people that are. And we just, yeah. we, we really need to stay away from, you know, in our opinion, states of minds that just would promote any sort of division. You know, we want to make sure that we're building bridges. Yeah. You, know? you bring that up, and that's bringing me right back to this podcast I was listening to just last week. And this guy, he said, fake news is anything that makes us feel separate from each other. So anytime you're watching news and you're wondering whether or not this is true or false, just use that determination of whether or not it makes you feel more or less separate. That's a, that's a, you know, it's a strong, it's a strong approach, you know, to a, to a hard problem. You know, the, the issue of, of information share, you know, we we want to do it. We want to make sure that once we find something out, we share it. You know, we we want to make sure that we have access to things. We want to make sure that we are looking at the bigger picture. How can we when the narrative is being given to us? You know, so. There are and should be multiple approaches to to understanding what information is given to us. You know, whether it be making sure that we're not falling prey to like you like you said, thoughts of division, thoughts of thoughts of hate, you know, whether it's using multiple sources to sort of just find out what information is is known you know across the spectrum whether obviously we know some people that just tune it all up they ignore it you know so what Aristotle said is that in any situation there are two extremes too much and too little we have to find the middle ground mm. you know we just have to strive for that somehow across the spectrum whether it be how we believe what we read or how what messaging we put forth or what type of business ventures we get into you know we just need to find the middle ground between the extremes you know again it comes down to to looking at people over the years who've who've shared some some common beliefs. What are some commonalities among philosophers and religious men? Well, their thoughts of, of progress, of the common good, as we said, of ensuring that people are going in the right direction. You know, when we choose to live by certain rules, 
we want to make sure that those rules have validity, that they are pointed in the right direction, you know, and that's where obviously rules of living in inner cities come from. Mm. You understand? Rules to the game, as it were. There are rules to working in a corporation. There are rules to working in a school, being in school, you know. We just, we need to act accordingly. So as you start to ask these questions, because I feel as though it's a natural progression for any soul seeking to understand this world a little better is um is to ask these kinds of questions these questions about what what kind of world is already being imprinted on me what kind of conditioning have i been experiencing and what kind of story have i been told and what kind of rules am i subject to and so asking those questions can bring up lots of different reactions you know one reaction might be the yoga way Mm -hmm. to uh, cultivate self-awareness and seek health of the mind body and and spirit Mm -hmm. and some people take it to be activists and and actually take it to the streets protest Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily protest but at least you know be radical Mm -hmm. go out and get food out of a dumpster and go serve it in a park. So it seems as though you've been starting to ask these questions and these are the questions that come through on your videos of Slippery Slope. So then what what happens afterward? What happens when the camera turns off and you're back out on the streets? Where are these questions taking you? Well, uh, personally, it's it's led me to start a, uh, a consultation firm by the name of Facilitators LLC. Hmm. Great name. Love uh, that. My, my original vision is to, you know, try to create the biggest network on the East Coast of like-minded individuals to provide superior services. Why? Because inner cities are filled with talented individuals. People who have invested thousands of dollars, time and energy into their crafts. We need to be funneling and channeling and providing the medium for people to show their worth. Express themselves. You know, through their crafts. And if we could provide that on various levels for people, I feel like we'll have done something. So, so what is facilitate? What does that do, this LLC? We, uh, we facilitate and consult. Right now we're providing studio recording time and shirt printing, and we're trying to connect with businesses and artists who are trying to work on their brands, their brand identities. We want to make sure that people's businesses are aimed towards people as much as profit you know we want to consult them on on pursuing progress and using that in their branding you know making sure that their mission statements are are filled with just that the benefits of their employees and their customers as much as the businesses themselves 
and my philosophy is that that's how they'll become more profitable because people themselves will be better off mm. if people were walking around more healthy more educated wouldn't society itself prosper as a whole you know if we look at the undercurrents of of what people need it's just people working together to share knowledge and resources in ways that obviously promote the common good profitability for their business but a sense of worth that works around what Karl Marx called the alienation of the worker between you know people's feeling of of self-worth being counted by hourly wages and hourly wages at that that don't even provide them a means to pay their bills and make an additional purchase mm -hmm. or choosing one bill to pay this month one bill to pay the next mm -hmm. you understand if we get down to the nitty-gritty we understand that the issue is economic that obviously you know it's left to the people greater than myself to work out the the ins and outs of it mm. but what I do say is that as far as people we can be working together towards whatever common goal and that's what I want to provide a network of people working towards common goals working towards superior services you understand and if we're able to do that if we're able to create a network if we're able to net connect Pittsburgh and Brooklyn and Baltimore and Boston if we're able to connect Orlando and Miami DC with the best and the brightest that are maybe sometimes overlooked because of their past or because of their looks or their names maybe we can do some good maybe we could facilitate progress you know because that's what we want to be about superior services progress and profit can go hand in hand mm. you know but it should only come if people are first if people are your number one priority to to what do you attribute this perspective on profit coming second to the community. That, that's very difficult for a lot of people. A lot of people don't really question that story of what you said about Marx, like the measure, for a lot of people, the measure of success is the wage. You know, the idea of going to a job where you stand at a cash register, and this is no disrespect at all to anyone, like mm -hmm. I'm honored that there are people sure. behind, you people know, doing are comfortable that. working. People who just want to work and go home. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, absolutely nothing at all. But there is, there's a question that comes up for me that our society says, you know, according to our society, it's more successful to go and and be a cashier and and stand on your feet and and have to press these buttons over and over again as opposed to, say, like, staying at home and 
and writing or practicing music mm-hmm. or even going to serve soup in a soup kitchen. Mm-hmm. According to our society, it actually, it, it's like that other person is contributing more. And, and yet mm-hmm. we have to ask the question, is that person happier? Is that person experiencing as much satisfaction? So before I get rambling too much on that, though, mm-hmm. that it, I, I believe that comes to this this story of profit being primary and mm-hmm. and growing up in the city and having these experiences that you both have had yeah to what do you attribute this this perspective from high up on the mountain where you can see no it's not like that actually like we need to be caring about each other instead of the profit well, I think it, uh, like I said, I think it comes from, in in large part, from growing up in the inner city. Personally, I uh, I read, I took a sociology class, and it somewhere in the book it said that for some reason, poor people, when one one person in the family makes it they tend to to look out for the rest of the family or their, and their friends they make sure that they're either paying bills or giving people jobs and they called it an adaptation to being poor you understand they they called being genuine and working towards that common goal an adaptation to being poor why is that do people who are born to be into success not think like that? Hmm. Do they not think, hey, we should work towards the common good? Have we lost that? Have we lost what our founding fathers wrote in the original text? You understand? We we need to get back to it. We need to get back to the common good. And I would say, it, yeah, it comes from growing up in the inner city. Growing up... As a leader among leaders, you know, the the people who I've been blessed to be surrounded by are all men and women who've, who've strived at their crafts, at life, to, to climb their individual mountains and, and become greater than themselves. You understand? So then what, what forces are holding back those people? growing up in the city just like you mm-hmm. but struggling with that that story of, of prophets versus people well it comes down again to just plain old truths that in the city you need to have profit in order to get groceries to pay your bills mm. to get you know f- food and water you know th- there are no again no parks where you can pick fruit, no hunting grounds. Mm-hmm. You know, people aren't, you know, in, in inner cities, and the majority of schools don't even offer home ec. Mm. We're not taught how to cook or clean or, or any of the basic functions that are are pretty basic to society. Mm-hmm. To do our taxes. We're not taught what days are voting days. We're not taught really what you know we're, we're, we're 
not taught to play a part in the greater system. I remember taking a class and college, uh, middle school, elementary school. <laughs> wow, elementary okay. school, going way back. And the the teacher was supposed to be teaching us about maps. 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 And at one point, she said, well, you're not going to need any of this stuff. So some kids stopped paying attention. Dude, I use maps every day. I work for a logistics company. I'm a supervisor for a logistics company. I need maps. I love maps. Why would she tell me that I, I would never use them? Because I would never travel? Is there some belief even in the teachers that come into our communities to get their two-year rotation that they're, they're teaching a bunch of animals or something? Mm-hmm. You know? So, again, it comes down to the state of mind and and working to promote people. You know, understanding each and every person's value and abilities. And obviously, yes, people can only be good at what they've been exposed to. So if you expose a community to an economy that's built in the underground, well, people are going to thrive in that because people are naturally good at whatever it is that it takes to survive. Mm. So, you know, you got to understand that when people turn to selling drugs or, you know, things that would, would be considered petty crimes in order to survive, shoplifting, what have you, you know, it it comes down to them looking towards survival. Now, I'm not going to justify, you know, those those hard crimes. You know, I can't. But for those that are looking for survival, that that are only doing so and to make ends meet, who don't look to harm anyone, and who who haven't, and who have no record or, or you know background and hurting people are they really criminals can we say can we label those people criminals who've never hurt, harmed anyone but you know a big corporation who can write off the loss the cost you know should we be arresting people and sending them to jail for a tax write-off hmm. you know when people protest things isn't it something that's been given to us as our constitutional right and the 10th amendment powers not given to the federal government are left to the states those under the state and that are given to local ordinances after local ordinances it's to the people and we seem to forget that, that the people also have a stake, also have a voice. And that voice is granted by another constitutional right, the right to protest and rally. You understand? Our founding fathers had a vision, and that vision was the common good. And that's the America I believe in. That's the America that most people and most Americans believe in. And, you know, we just got to get back to it.
Mm. We gotta get back. Do you guys find that as you are collecting these thoughts, sharing them with the world, and and I imagine, I guess this is the first question, like, um, are you gaining an audience? Have people been been tuning in and letting you know mm-hmm. yeah. that they've been watching and what they're what they're experiencing? You know, people stop me here and here and there, so like, hey, I, I watch you. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten uh, we've definitely gotten a lot of support. People saying that they occasionally go onto our videos when they've had a tough day mm. and they need some motivation. You know, when they're relaxing. You know, and it's it's definitely it makes you feel as though you're doing something something <coughs> right when, when people say things like that. You know, and obviously we we want that. We want to make sure that we're inspiring hope. Make sure that we're inspiring, you know, the positive state of mind among the masses. You know, and obviously, again, we you know we don't want to ruffle any feathers. We, you know, I try to you know on on the show itself, I you notice that I really I try to stay away from from politics and partisan thoughts. You know, I I, I like to you know as an independent, I like to think that we should be looking for the best causes and the best people the people who are promoting the good of people and that's why i support you know when i see a candidate who's who looks as though they're and speaks as though when their their rhetoric and their background says people come first well i can get behind that you know and i think that 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 should be the litmus test mm. But you know, we uh, we try to keep things, you know, a little more exciting. We're a little more poppy sometimes. You know, we try to give people some energy. You know, we we go back and forth with our rants. You know, we uh, we try to give things a little bit of a a lighter tone whenever whenever possible. Wow, yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, just that brief moment of silence, and and I'm glad you brought that in because. Um, that's a big part of this too as much as we can sit here all day and philosophize and yeah. talk about the deep stuff like oh, eventually yeah. we just got to come back and remember what it's like to have fun oh, yeah. to just enjoy ourselves yeah. to laugh because you know? what it you know that's what philosophizing is about you know we, we just play with ideas we play with thoughts you know Maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. Doesn't matter as long as you're getting it on the board. Oh man, and, and you know? no need to take it so seriously. Don't get attached to an opinion. Nah, it, it, you know the uh, the fortieth law of power by Robert Greene is formlessness. You know, much like Bruce Lee said, "Be the water." Huh. You know, we we can't get too attached to any way of thinking or living. We can't be too too against any change. You know, we can't be against stability. You know, we we need to be open to whatever it is that the universe has given us at the moment. You know, because the most important step, as we tend to say, is the next. Always the next. You know? And that's sort of why, uh, another reason why facilitators is, is work, uh, is, is a thing that comes of team efforts because we need multiple people working on the next step 
you know, whatever comes next for the community, for businesses, for our artists, you know, it it's a process. And you know, we we're promoting uh, Slippery Slope and you know the show, and we're you know we're working on Hotbox Studios. Our artists are you know are going to be traveling and and doing shows. You know, it's it's a process of of getting in touch with urban communities in a way that inspires hope and connects them with opportunities that will maybe change life, you know, promote progress. And as we know, the adaptation to being poor is that they'll they'll only do the same for their circles, mm. their communities, mm -hmm. their families. So if we know that the adaptation to being poor is to uplift the community, when they're successful, shouldn't we make more people, more poor people successful? Hmm. You know? Consider that. If we know it to be true, then we know who we should be giving tax stimulus to. It's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> I love what a slippery slope has done to people. It's like, you can say that, like, anything like you know have a conversation with somebody like oh man it's a slippery slope don't go over there <laughs> don't go over there bro it's slippery you know, just be mindful like, <laughs> be mindful of the conditions you know because not all mountains are clear not all mountains have paths sometimes you have to pave the path but don't you make it a little easier for the person behind you mm. and that's what we want to do here at facilitators at hotbox tws we want to make sure that we're promoting brands that are worthy of the glory of the peak. You know, that's what we push on the Slippery Slope show is messages of progress, of people's ability to climb, although slope may be slippery. Together we stay. I wonder if you guys are aware of... Um, well, there's this uh, program called TED, Technology, Education, and Design. Ah, uh, the uh, TED Talks. TED Talks. Yeah, yeah. And there's this one, the probably the most famous one, I think. The title of it is Schools Kill Creativity. Yeah. And being that facilitators is really like a breeding ground for creativity and almost like not only a breeding ground, but once the creativity has been bred, it's then uh, a fountain for it, for people to, you know, express themselves and then try and try and make it into a business for themselves. Yeah. Am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely. We want to make sure that we're helping people build businesses, people that who normally wouldn't have, you know, one of our many missions, obviously, will be to make sure that people who are normally disenfranchised or who don't know you know that they're able to now know that they can and that they have a medium to record their music to start a clothing line you know to to work on their their videography you know we, we want to promote a network of the strongest minds and we we obviously are not going to disenfranchise anyone because of any stigma. We want to make sure that 
everyone across the board feels welcome here at Facilitators. That any artist with a talent who wants to apply their music to a worthy cause and a worthy label can be signed by Hotbox Studios. And there are artists being pushed and promoted because of what they represent. And although, again, you know, we do have and want to promote that urban appeal, you know, I mean, the music will be just as, you know, provocative as as any other to to draw the crowd. But our causes will be worthy. You know, our facilitators itself will be promoting multiple different businesses. You know, but it's it's about building the biggest portfolio of success stories. We want success stories across the board because we know that each success story represents a wider community is now being helped because of that adaptation to be important. So, how are you? How are you bringing in artists? Are you, are you guys just like taking to the streets and talking to folks? Like, how is word of facilitator spreading? Well, there. You know, we're we're still in the uh, we're still in the the birthing stages. Okay. You know, we're we're in the creative stages. Okay. We're in the stages where where we're calling in the favors. We're calling in the network. We're building the directory. Mm. We're finding out who's who, who's doing what in the network, and who's ready to proceed forward. You know, so we've been getting a lot of great calls, a lot of contacts that I've met in college, at work. You know, got a lot of good friends or, or people that I've respected from across, you mean the, the schoolyard or, you know, the, the office. We want to make sure that we're drawing in the best and brightest from across the spectrum. You know, I've got great friends that are in the skating community, in the band community, yogi community. You know, I've got a great guy, uh, guy by the name of uh, Tom Mallory, you know, another guy from the company, and he's just an amazing spirit, a great person overall. And it's him that actually gave me my introduction to Buddhism and breathing techniques and meditation. It's him that I go to when I, when I, when I need some assistance, when I wanna, wanna ask something about the mysteries of the universe and, and get that sort of Buddhist yogi approach, mm. you know, because of his extensive research and, and meeting with, with great minds on meditation and what have you. You know, so we know that we wanna make sure that we're looking at ideas from our religions, ideas from our ways of life, you know, because there's something to be learned. I've, I've had so many jobs throughout my years that have each taught me a little more about about the world. You know, I've, I worked for the as a supervisor for the U.S. Census Bureau. I had an internship with Bank of America. You know, I, I worked for nonprofits, the GPOEC downtown, you know, I. I, I was a landscaper for many years. I was a, a, a after-school team leader for after-school program for a lot of years. And, you know, now I'm supervisor for the company, the logistics company. And, you know, I, it took me eight long years to get my degree because of the, the sheer magnitude of the climb, the many other mountains that I was conquering along the way. 
you know, and there's nothing wrong with dividing your time and, and letting things take as as long as it needs because the universe will answer. Yeah, yeah I, I brought up that, uh, that TED Talk, Schools Kill Creativity, mm-hmm. because I was curious, and I guess y- you're... You're working towards this and, and just getting your feet moving on each step along the way. But, um, you know, if you foresee that as you bring in clients and as you are cultivating curio- um, cultivating creativity mm-hmm. among the people you work with, is there, do you see that there's there might be this process and... and here's like kind of a strange word but unlearning I don't know if, if oh, like yeah, you know absolutely. that but for individuals absolutely. to sort of unlearn the um, the boxes that were put into um, in yeah. school in order to really truly express ourselves freely and tap into that deep creative space you know you were asking earlier what uh, what stops people from being able to to think the way we do or provide the similar messaging. You know, and it, it comes down to what you're saying, these sort of boxes that they've been putting mentally with the lessons, you know, with the with the normalization of certain certain things and ways of of being and living. You know, so if if we're gonna mold the normally disenfranchised people who who really have been indoctrinated and conditioned to feel as though they, they just can't do certain things. There's certain things, although they can dream it, are just outside of their grasp. Things that are a $5,000 loan away can seem a lifetime away to mm. people. Mm-hmm. You understand? And, you know... Obviously, getting out and going to school and studying philosophy, I, I love I loved my philosophy background because philosophy is just a love of wisdom. And I just love knowledge. Mm. I, I soak it in. I love to learn new things. You know, and, and philosophy gave me a background in, in multiple things. There's a philosophy of everything. Love, language, history, medicine, marketing, you know. Everything has a philosophy. Mm, everything. Everything has a, a way of thinking to, to, to sell. Mm. You know, so no matter what, you're looking at a at a set of rules, at a set of beliefs. That's all any organization is. You're, you're trying to build your philosophy. If you can build that philosophy of progress, well, then it's just embedded in, in, the, in the mission statement. Mm-hmm. You know, it's embedded in in how we live, breathe, think. You know, we can breathe that in and exhale progress. Mm. And that's what we do at Slippery Slope. We try to promote that, mm. you know. That's what we want to do. You know, make sure that all of our messaging is, you know, as complete as possible. We obviously have uh, several other projects that... We're hoping to get off the ground, you know, as as time goes on, as we as we build our team and build our directory and our catalog of services, you know. So it it's progress is a series of steps, you know. And obviously, just you know, 
hard days aren't any less good because they're hard. Mm. You know? Because good days aren't always easy. That doesn't make them any less good. You know? So we need to understand <coughs> that we can get through the hard days of climbing up the mountain. Each mountain. We can bask in each valley as we reach them because each valley is a little higher than the last. Mm -hmm. Anytime you are able to, to enjoy that vacation, that, that relaxation after work, that, that, that weekend outing, that birthday party, that's, that's, that's the valley. Mm, yeah. That's glory. That's, that's when you celebrate. Celebrate. You know, celebrations. When you bring people together, it's, it's just as powerful as religious moments. Mm. You know, when people are laughing and enjoying music and, and dancing, they're exchanging energy. And what is progress if not that sense of energy? Let's take a break on that. Back again. As usual, you mean with the with the mm -hmm. hottest topics and the, and the <laughs> best lessons. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Coming right off the noggin. I'm saying it's a beautiful thing. It is. It really is. Okay. Well, you know, it is a slippery slope, and we uh we just want to make sure that the people are prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Try to build an awareness that uh, together we have a better chance of everything. Yeah, everything. Making things happen. Two heads are definitely yeah. better than one. Just, just people. Yeah. People loving people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where that, I like that, that, that one thing you was telling us earlier, that, uh, that one brand you was talking about, loving love. Uh, love, loving love. Love, loving love. That was good. That was good. I'm going to definitely reach out to that person when I get done with this. You know, I was wondering where to begin with this second part. And, uh, with so much of expressing oneself, it the kind of the best stuff comes out when you don't plan it really, and and that, that's something I've been tuning into. I dance as as one way I express myself a lot, and uh, I do this style called improvisational dance, and so we'll get just a few little instructions. They'll tell us like, all right, in this next dance, you're gonna dance your heritage. Whatever that means to you, just dance your heritage. So that's just like one example. And so everyone goes one at a time. And I'm often tempted to think like, all right, how am I going to move? What am I going to do? And that's the meditation is quieting the mind and just trusting that it'll come through. I'd get down and dance some bachata. And then get down and get jiggy with it, you know? Because I understand about Spanish music that, you know, again, it's just... You can't be mad when you listen to Spanish music. Cool. You know, it's it's all about love and I mean relationships and and what have you. You know what I mean. So you just, you know, I think I definitely uh, I, that's another thing that I attribute to. You know, the state of mind is just my culture. You know, I love the Puerto Rican culture. I wish I could dance, yeah. like really dance. I could dance Spanish stuff, but I wish I could really dance, like you know, Chris Brown or something like that. I mean, In yeah, my mind, I could dance, dance like Chris Brown. Like that, you know, so. <laughs> You know, yoga's helped me with dancing. Yeah? Yeah, it's just being being more flexible. You, yeah. can do, you can do cooler stuff with your body. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah I'm about to take up some yoga. I mean, I'm sure, you know, it would make anyone a better athlete. 
you know, a better worker. You yeah, know, body and awareness. Just being in, in control of yourself, your body. You know? Yeah, well, the reason I bring it up is because just now I'm thinking where where to start. And then I just quiet that little voice and I'm just like, no, nah, just I, I set intention. I just set the intention, allow it to come through me. And nothing was coming up. And, you know, and then I'm tempted to panic a little bit. Like, I got nothing to say, nothing to say. And then you bring back love, loving, love. And it, this Boom. light bulb comes well, on. Well, that's the, honestly, that's, that's the genius of my partner. <laughs> you know, that's why you you're tuning in. You're feeling me. Yeah, me too. You know, yeah, he's a, he's an engager. Tune. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tunes in, you know. He, he knows the intent. And he can make it into reality. You know, and, and that's the that's the power of our of our duo. You know, they but anytime I, I see myself getting stuck, he comes in and he has something to provide that fuels my next segment and I likewise fuel his next segment mm-hmm. and we go back and forth throughout the show. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's something that it again in so many years together it just comes so natural that it doesn't take any uh, preparation. It doesn't take any pre-planning. It's natural. We state our we state what our our topics are going to be, and we just go. Yeah. Mm. So, in in coming back to that, to love, loving, love. Um. I was telling you earlier, one of my more recent episodes for this podcast was speaking with the founder of that organization. And uh, yeah, the mission statement for that organization is basically um, creating what they call de-escalation rooms, healing spaces for kids when they feel anger or a tendency towards violence. They can step out of the classroom and go to this de-escalation room to decompress and de-escalate the violence. And it's not only in schools, it happen, it's happening in police precincts, and it's happening in community centers and homeless shelters. Um, I believe they're trying to take it even into mm-hmm. prisons. Yeah, well, what That's you're cool. talking about is the rehabilitative model. You know, with prisons and legislators and criminal, uh, criminologists are looking at ways to prevent crime from the bottom up. Rather than, you know, we have the, the normal tradition of criminal justice that's all about enforcement, enforcement of law, you know, arrest, 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 you know, and this is how we're going to do it. But now you have criminology that's, that's looking at, well, why is crime happening? What is crime? Are all things really crime in the sense that we believe them, in the sense that it's like bad things that people do and they should be arrested for, and something, and how many of them are just habits that have been labeled as crime mm. by people in power who don't agree with certain habits. We all know about Nixon's war on, on drugs, what the true source was. He came in, he had two issues. He had hippies that were well, fighting against uh, the war, and he had the civil rights movement that was going on at the same time in the 60s. One foul swoop War on drugs, communities ravaged. Mm. Distract, distract, distract. By the time Reagan came around and and the first private prison came about, it was primed. It was what? It, the people were primed mm. for 
mass incarceration. Mm-hmm. You know, and now it was an it was an industry, the private prison industry. Now I don't want to get you know too far into it, you know, because it's a uh, slippery people, slope. You know, it is <laughs> it's a slippery slope. slope. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. <laughs> but you know, it's a uh, you know, it's one of those things. We got to be mindful of our history. We got to know things. Not not that you know. Obviously, there are things that people do that you know we would all agree are, are terrible things. You know, so we want to make sure that. We have ways of addressing that. We want to make sure that, first and foremost, though, that the that the true spirit of prison or punishment is met. We we are agreeing that the government can punish us because they're seeing that we won't do it again. So if we we are seeing recidivism rates at a high, if people are going right back to prison then well maybe it's not it's not doing its job it's not living up to what was promised so maybe I'm not saying take the money away maybe we give them more money if they do things a little better you know because obviously we know that in an economy that's that's built around services you know money talks and you know our you know the government has to answer. Taxpayers have to fund the, the common good. So let's pay them to, to do things the proper way. Let's give them some incentives, maybe, if they stop being such, you know, mongers of, you know, children sometimes. You know, but I, again, I don't want to get too far into that. Yeah, I want to respect that, that you don't want to get too far into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It, it I mean it's tragic and it's it's something that is hard to to not speak about and and tune I, I'm you know being that you have actually experienced that system firsthand you know what comes up for you when when this topic comes up like I said man it changed me I was happy it changed me. You know, like it did, I, I, I ain't nothing bad come out of it. I feel like it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Same word, it doesn't work for a lot of people. Saying it humbles me greatly. And I just came out uh, in my prime. Like, uh, where I, what I thought was my prime. See, there's a. Uh There's a theory in criminology that says that uh, 25 is the cutoff for criminality. Most people after 25, they've now got set in their ways. They've coasted. They now, you know, it's if anything, it's minor crimes, speeding, you know, alcoholism, you know, things like that. Like someone you probably know, won't commit a major crime after 25, after 25 if they haven't already. If they haven't already. And then, you know, so... <coughs> For those that, after 25, they're labeled what's called a lifelong offender. You know, so if we know that we're looking at 25 at the age coast, and we're, we're arresting people in their teens, you know, it's, it's sort of one of those things that we know that there's a certain amount of discretion that officers have, and there are great officers out here, and we want to promote again our police forces we want to promote our first responders we want to make sure that people have the resources to 
to do the best job possible. We want to make sure that if there's some teens that need a a kick in the butt as opposed to cuffs, we want to make sure that they know that that's an option available to them. You know, and it's granted to them with their discretion. You know, and we want to promote that as one of their one of their tools. Now, you, you, you receive the cuffs, right? Yeah. So what why did your story go so differently than the stories that most of us are used to hearing about of recidivism and people just getting stuck in this cycle of going back and forth between prison? They, it's, they don't change. Their people don't, don't change. Some people don't want to change. It's like, cause it's like when you're in there, it's a heavy meditation. Like it's a, all you have is yourself, so it's like everybody in there is new to you. So you're trying to stick to yourself. And you just think and think and think and think and think about what you're going to do when you get out of there. Some people think about they're going to do the same thing when they get out of there, but a different way. And I was like, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to do everything different. Like, I'm going to change everything about myself in this place. And hopefully when I come out, it's a better person, and they're telling me he's a better person. I'm, I'm obviously educating myself, I'm making myself stronger, and I'm touching a bunch of people in this place. Why not? Let me just chill. Everything doesn't have to be too much rah-rah. Rah-rah, I mean, like, I mean, the things I was doing that got me in this situation where they had, I had to... It all comes from. back to the... Uh, the conditioning that you were referring to. You know, some people are just too far conditioned, you know, into one economic plan. You understand? Some people have learned one trade so well that when things get hard and that minimum wage job that they attempted and it's just not working, you understand? They have to go back to something that mm. will provide that means because again we're talking about inner cities where you can't plot any vegetables mm -hmm. there are no fruit parks you know there's no collecting of rain water so if you have no funds you're just not eating you're not paying your bills you don't have the, the basic necessities that are promised with the American dream you know so again it comes back to being that economic issue of, well, people need to be paid a living wage. You know, that's something that we should all be able to get behind. You know, it's something that, you know, normally in any normal political spectrum, it would, you know, it's, it's happened. Normally we get yearly increases in minimum wage. It's, it's been a thing when, and, you know, it should be something that's kept up with, you know, because we... We know that the cost of living goes up. That's why Congress gets their pay bumps. You know, we, you know, we want them to get their pay bumps. We want to make sure that they're able to, you know, live and, and function and do what they need to do. But so too do the people. You know, it's it's no no question that the elite are playing at a game higher than what we mundane may be. You know, people who ensure the the country's protection 
the the proper trade trade is such a necessity in life you know we we need to make sure that countries are trading states are trading people are trading you know because there are certain resources that some have that others don't and historically when that happens it's war hmm. so you promote trade you promote agreements you promote unions alliances you make sure that we're all working towards again the common good you know what 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 else is the mission of the united nations of the united states you know of of alliances that like nato that are formed for defense of the common good common protection we want to make sure that we're promoting causes that are built around unity although we know that you know this is slippery slope when it comes to you know prison industrial contract complex as well so you know it's we have to find as aristotle said the balance between the two extremes the middle the middle road you know yeah i guess one middle road i've become aware of are some programs that are taking off in prisons and there's one I wish I could remember the prison. I think it's actually relatively close to here. They've got a program where they're actually teaching inmates how to grow food. They're mm -hmm. teaching them skills in agriculture and farming so that when they get out, they can go get a job uh, working at a farm. Mm -hmm. See, that, that's where, that's where uh, I was confused. That Like when, when you're a juvenile, they, they, they teach you. Like they offer you programs for... Uh, um, to educate yourself, to get GED, the trades and stuff like that, and the little juvenile camps that they have. But when you're an adult and stuff like that, they don't have that in there. They don't have that to educate these men that are incarcerated so that they can they can come out and try and do better and stuff like that. Because I feel like that's what was the difference for me at least. I'm saying because I was. If I would have went somewhere bigger where they didn't have that, and all it was is I had to protect myself or something like that from the other inmates, it'd be like I'd come out and be like, "All right, I'm still out here trying to like protect myself and feed myself." You know what I'm saying, not trying to like build something that's going to last me, something like it's something lasting, you know, like it's going to be better longer. I know longer. that. I mean, that comes back to this idea of rehabilitation, and. And yeah, I think it's so beautiful. You said like, there's a philosophy of everything. And I'm particularly fascinated with the philosophy of crime and rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. And just this idea of like la labeling are. someone as good or bad, you know? Like someone mm -hmm. could hear your story, Tune, and they'd say, oh, you were bad before. You were a bad kid. And then something happened and, and then you became good. You know, and it's just, it comes down to, again, Labeling, you know, it, it comes down to whose bad habits are crimes and whose are just youthful play. You know, we've seen examples in, uh, of memes where there are people who are uh, riding for sports events as opposed to people who are protesting social causes. Mm -hmm. and, and the way that the, the media portrays it. You know, it, it becomes... It becomes a matter of portrayal. So, you know, we, we just want to make sure that people are 
are are motivated to continue to fight for their causes, you know, at a day-to-day level. You know, obviously, we, we want to make sure that things are done in a, a proper way, you know, through proper venues. But, you know, even if if you see some, an injustice, if you see something going on in front of you, you can at least question it. You know, you can, you know, the, the the extreme would be to maybe get physical. The 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 opposite extreme would be to do nothing. So if nothing is an extreme in certain situations, can you really live with that? Can you really live with the extreme of doing nothing? And and just in that that old saying, silence is violence. Got to find that middle road. Much like Martin Luther King and Saint Thomas. Saint Augustus said, "And injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere." Yeah, yeah. You know, it it becomes a matter of the threat to the common good, mm-hmm. the very ideal. When when certain people can get justice and others can't. You know, when some people have opportunities, but others don't. And again, that's why here, facilitators, we want to make sure that. The disenfranchised will have an opportunity to build their businesses, build their sounds, promote their brands and their identities, put their their talents to use, and by providing services to people who who choose to have faith in them, who mm. want to invest in their futures, mm. who want to invest into the next move, the next social movement of, of progress for the disenfranchised, who are just as talented, just as capable, just overlooked. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm tempted to oversimplify things sometimes, but it's like, I, I, the cliches are sometimes, there's a reason they become cliches in a way, and it's like, it all comes back to love. And what you're doing is an expression of love. Facilitators, slippery slope you are basically communicating to people like you have a gift you are unique and we believe in you and we're here to facilitate you sharing that gift and for someone to hear that for someone to hear that another person believes in them maybe they've never heard that and and you know that's not just a symptom of growing up in the city like Mm -hmm. That is kind of a universal thing. Yeah, people like, across the world. You know, we we you know, our our parents are are busy building, surviving, working, raising us. They forget to sometimes remind us of our own abilities because they they limited us with their fears for us. You know, so you know, sometimes we need an outside source to, to let us know. You know, sometimes we just, we've heard it once or twice, but it doesn't mean that we don't need to hear it more often. Mm-hmm. You know, how often should we tell our partners that they're beautiful? You know, how often do we want to hear that things are going to be okay when things go wrong? Mm. You know, it, it there should be no end to, to the promotion of progress, mm. no end to motivating people mm-hmm. and inspiring. And if we can maintain that mindset, that's how we build the proper teams. That's how we build a strong organization of minds of talented individuals of artists and businesses who want to promote progress 
before profit. Okay, people girl. before pro profit. And that's what our network's about at Facilitators. Companies, organizations, and businesses, they're going to put people first. And that's the litmus test. <laughs> so what? what's... Um, once you get this this rolling, like as you were saying before, the first half of this conversation, you're in this phase of laying the groundwork. But I, yeah, I'm curious, like what, what do you foresee happening? Like how, and I guess this actually does come back to, um, wow, yeah, okay, full circle. So bringing back love, loving love, and this woman, Rashida, that I spoke to, this was a question I wanted to ask, and I'm glad it's coming back up. She was saying that oftentimes she goes into schools and asks kids what it is that they would like to grow up to be. And she says so often kids are saying rapper or athlete. Mm -hmm. And and it's funny, like today I tutor in an after-school program, and so today... Um, there's this girl, she just like never wants to do the English or math that we're doing, and I don't blame her. But I was like, all right, Jasmine, you know what? Like, what, what do you want? What do you want to do? If you don't want to practice math and English, what do you want to practice at? What are you working at? What do you want to be? And she said, of course, well, I want to be a rapper, a singer, and a dancer. You know what they're saying when they say that? They're saying, I want to be successful. Yes. They're saying... I want to be what my role models are. Sure. You know, at work, I've got, you know what I've gotten, you know who I've gotten as my lookalike at work? The, uh, the, the writer of Hamilton. What's his name? Uh, Lynn manuel Why? Because he's the only Puerto Rican that some people have seen out in the world that's professional. Uh. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it come, becomes a matter of identity. The same reason that we want to promote diverse reading in young adult literature. We want to make sure that kids have are able to see windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors in the literature. We want them to be able to see other people's ways of living as well as their own, you know, in, in positive ways. We need characters that promote progress, strength, sense of confidence, you know, and it comes down to we the people. Aren't we the authors? Don't we write the books? Don't we create the content? Don't we write the songs? Make the movies? You know, it, it comes down to if we create a network of people who are, who are focused on just that, creating content is going to benefit people, promote progress. I think it would be worthy cause, you know, something worth doing, and that's what we want to do because it's a slippery slope. Slippery <laughs> slope. Yeah, and I, I don't even mean to. I hope it's not sounding like I'm admonishing these kids for for aspiring towards those dreams. Like, right. first, it's just beautiful to even aspire towards anything. To just. And I don't think kids can even help it. Yeah. Like, kids yeah. just have that. And it's a beautiful thing to consider that, you know, people want that. They have a dream worth working towards. You know, because these are things that they're 
are venues for, you know, one of many, you know, so it comes down to people being aware of markets, people watching, looking at certain markets and being attracted because, hey, maybe there's a way in, you know, but obviously there are others that they just want to go to work. There's some people that just want to go to work, earn their paycheck, and make enough to provide for their families, vacation once a year, have their job in their car, you know? But shouldn't they also be able to survive, even if they aren't able to go to college? You know, it, it becomes a matter of, of doing best for people with our policies across the board. Yeah, I love the way that we're flowing off each other. Because policy and politics, like, I do believe that we can guide society towards this paradigm where we don't actually need to be so dependent on money. So when a kid says that he wants to be a rapper or an athlete, I think you're absolutely right that the kid is really saying that he wants to be successful. And and rappers and athletes make lots of money. They're very successful. Mm-hmm. But what, like, wh- yeah, what does society look like? And what do we as individuals in our dreams look like when there isn't that pressure to make money? Mm-hmm. And we may, like, I, I don't know. We may experience that in our lifetimes. But I do believe it's just going to happen soon enough for humans on Earth. I have that optimism that we actually may see a society where you don't need to make money in order to survive. Like we just mm-hmm. have figured out a way to organize and allocate resources. Well, you know, I, I've heard one uh, strong argument that just, you know, a simple way that a powerful economy like ours could solve one such issue is just giving everyone a basic stimulus Universal basic income. You know what I mean? Give everyone a thousand bucks a month. That'll pay for all their basic uh, bills and they can, all the money that they're working on that, they can use that for the leisure time that Plato said is necessary for greater feats. Yeah. You understand? Once people are able to breathe because they don't have to worry about the basic necessities, you know, all it leaves them for is space for creativity. No. For that that guitar, that that technology yes. that they like, that software, you know, that that you know, pursuing the job that they like. If we were if if we were all making a living wage, people could work at jobs that they like, that they're good at, as opposed to jobs that make them money. Yeah, you understand that that things go wrong at jobs because people are at jobs that they don't like, that they're not good at, but it makes a little better than the job that they would love. You know, I was wondering how this topic would enter into the podcast. I've been learning more about these ideas recently and um, been wondering, yeah, to like, to what extent does this podcast also become a platform for advocating candidates and and policies? And, um, you know, I feel like it's just happening now. And what you're speaking to, there's there is a candidate named Andrew Yang, who I've become. I'm learning more about him. I think he's actually going on Joe Rogan this week, but he is a candidate who 
has a platform that is saying that exact thing. He's saying we ought to be giving $1,000 to every American between the age of 18 and 64, no questions asked. And so, yeah, I do want this podcast to be a platform. Um, I'm going to take a lesson from you, Sway, and, and not dispense my own opinions, but just offer that, that there is a candidate who's proposing this, and um, I think it's an interesting conversation to have. For sure, because, you know, the way I look at it is that we've got some bright minds in Congress. We've got some bright minds and some of the brightest minds in our our government employees. If if we were to give them the mission of of ending poverty, they could do it. If, If if they wanted to ensure that they had some sort of, like you're saying, universal pay. You know, if we were to take away the stigma of social services, stigmas that promote the common good, you know, what what is the Social Security Administration? What is, what, what are government contracts if not socialist ideals applied to our capitalist system you know when, when we you know not to say that you know anyone you know we i i believe that our system is the greatest in in the world what what system is that democracy mm-hmm. our ability to exchange power have power change hands with a vote mm-hmm rather than with wars. Dude, that is that is fucking teamwork. Yeah, now a, a lot of people hear this and you know? and certainly agree. And then I do find myself talking to people and hearing ideas that like they don't believe the vote matters. And I I'm not sure. Honestly I don't know. But they have basically said I'm stepping outside of the political system because it, it's a it's a sham it's just a it's just a show it's not even real well i don't i don't like to even get into this politics too much because i get my mind is on too many <laughs> too many things i'd be trying to do too many things for too many people and it's like uh it's not it's, it's above me to go there because mm. I, I let him handle that you know, <laughs> I, th- I think uh, I think a lot of people share that probably yeah, too. Yeah, that yeah. it's not a conversation they want to enter into. Yeah, it's, it's not like, in their world. It's too compli- uh, even me, I guess, it's, it's, just, it's just too complicated. These people, the job that they have is uh, amazing, and it takes a lot of. I think it's a hard topic. Expensive. You know, I think it comes down to even again. I love Plato because he he pretty much touched on it all. He said that when we choose not to take part in our government, we're doomed to be ruled by those inferior to us. We're doomed to be ruled by those inferior in morals and ability. You know, because a lot of times the most capable don't want the power. They don't want the ability. They Mm. want, you know, because they care more about people and the people side than the the nitty gritty of, of ruling you know, there's a burden to ruling. There's a burden to government. We have to understand that our government officials 
are are doing a lot with the very little. You know, that's why we have to make sure that we're we're promoting that common good. We want to promote our our sense of identity and brotherhood, the camaraderie that's necessary to keep a a nation together. You know, we we know that there have been rises and falls throughout history of empires. You know, and I think that America has a, a thousand years left, two thousand years left, three thousand. You know, but it comes down to us standing together. You know, letting that spirit of the Constitution grow. You know, because that's you know there are a lot of like legal thoughts. You know, and ways of interpreting the Constitution. You know, I, I've, there's the uh, there's the the textualist approach that says by the book as the forefathers intended, which is which is hard to really know with considering what the slang was three hundred years ago, two hundred years ago. You understand? But then there's the idea of a, the living constitution that is supposed to grow and adapt. That our forefathers could never have ever predicted computers and the internet. Mm. You know, so there's certain things that are going to come up that we need to address. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea of the living constitution. And it's something that, you know, I, I agree with. You know, it's something that makes a lot of sense to me. Shouldn't we be ready for progress, adapting, growing? Mm-hmm. You know, and is it not a slippery slope? You know? It is a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. It's very slippery. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, it's a, it, sometimes got to come back to yeah the little the celebrations the little beauties in life just two guys in a car enjoying the benefits of an herb mm-hmm. and allowing the mind to flow absolutely and that is uh, it's a beautiful thing it's you know, beautiful we, 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 again we uh, we want to get back to the basics like Aristotle said the thing itself you know, we want we want to make sure that again the products, the services, the messaging. We give a good message out every time. Or I feel because I don't I don't feel that any episode that we put out is a bad message. I think every time we put out there is a good content where people will be like, all right, I, I felt inspired from this, or that was good. I, I didn't know about that, or something like that. Because I get those messages and DMs like, yo, I saw that Slippery Slope episode, uh, thanks, uh, definitely gonna look out for people on bikes now, cause, uh, <laughs> I told them to watch out for people on bikes on that show, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's just cool. Today's episode it's a slippery slope. Topic was, uh, seatbelts, seat you know, belts. and obviously we have the yeah. I got a car aspect of seatbelts. Last belts. night, like, it was great. Last night? Yeah, I was coming from New York from seeing, uh, doing a show, uh, a DJ Absolute from, uh, New York played my music in an event that he was having, and uh, I went up there on my way down. It was snowing, and uh, I fell asleep. But my guy that was driving, he said that he hydroplane, he hit a wall, and I wake up and it's, we doing a spin on the highway, <laughs> and then it, it stopped spinning. We was able to get to the side of the road with the OnStar. It was crazy, but that seatbelt saved us because they get the the um, what's it called on. Airbags deployed, but the 
the windshield cracked all crazy. Mm-hmm. So we could have uh, went through there or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, if we wouldn't have had my sleep, I was sleep sleep. Like, I was knocked out. So I was like, all right, that, that, that seatbelt was very important. So you had seatbelts fuel the, the conversation yeah. today? Yeah, because we went, we went into how uh, you have to be careful even in life, you know, how taking a seat route on everything, make sure everything is okay, you know, take it, do it the right way so that then it's not any bad backlash or something like that, you know, like put your seatbelt on and tackle the world, you know. Mm-hmm. Safety precautions in life, you know, making sure that you're mindful of, of your surroundings, mm. of road conditions, figuratively and physically speaking, mm. you know, because, and you know, it's, again, I guess it will come back to these lessons that you were learning yoga and Buddhism and, you know, it's just mindfulness, being mindful, you know, just making sure that you breathe and, and you're not rushing through situations You make sure that your messaging and, and your, your, your movements are all towards, you know, something, some principle that you have to hold higher than yourself. Whatever your principle is, you should have some, you know, because, you know, it's, it's hard to argue politics or philosophy with someone who has no principle, who's willing to change their argument and, you know, and just say anything for the sake of, you know, it's, it's, it's what, what would be called the, the sophist argument. You know, the term sophisticated comes from the sophist. They were, they were people who went around teaching people to win arguments, to look and dress and talk as if they were right, so people would believe them. So they were teaching, you know, local uh, rulers and, and, you know, merchants to the trade and, and local learnsmen the trade of just winning arguments. Mm. Never actually having anything of substance. Huh. You understand? And that's where the term sophisticated comes from. Looking as if, you know, what you're talking about to win arguments, essentially. Mm. You know, so we have to be mindful, of, you know, of really listening to what's being told you know just because there's a lot of big words or a lot of you know fancy talk or promises from our legislators our newscasters or you know our, you know whether you know our salesmen <laughs> you know we got to make sure that you know it's, there's substance to what to the arguments mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think well, you too. I mean, you can take something as mundane as seatbelts and, and give it substance, Absolutely. expand it as a metaphor mm-hmm. for life and how to take it. And then, you know, just like me, I, we're hoping that these words that we're sharing can plant seeds in people's mind or at least water seeds that have already been planted so that they're walking through their day, every day of their life. And... uh they might just have that thought. They remember, like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, just uh, I'm entering a new situation, and let me just make sure everything is cool, everything's squared away, and I'm good to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was looking through all the titles of your episodes, and uh, it's all, it's uh, yeah, we, it's we, beautiful. Yeah, well, we, try to, uh, we try to label them with... Uh, with generally with either the thought or the, the message that ends up coming out of the, the episode itself. Oh, okay, so you title it afterwards. Yeah, because, you know, we, we just, we don't really know which way we're going to go with it. Mm-hmm. We, we, we kind of just say one thing, and that's normally, like, the first thing I say is, like, when we start the episode, my first topic, and it's this, and then I kind of repeat it. It's like, well, 
have we, you know? And so it's like I kind of do that spiel of just, you know, kind of giving it that 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 second, you know, emphasis of have you, do we, are we mindful of this? Are we paying attention? You know, have you been aware of of what it is to climb? Can you acknowledge that you are on your way to success? That everything that you're doing is for a reason? You know, because if not, you are. You're climbing. You know, and it's it's our way of kind of giving people the energy that we kind of use in our own lives. You know, with, with the many projects and challenges that we've overcome and continue to overcome. You know, so progress is a series of steps. We just have to take the next every time. You know, the next as it comes. Yeah. I think I think that's a great place to to draw this to a conclusion. That's a beautiful philosophy. Mm-hmm. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. It all begins with that next step. Absolutely. It's um it's a great value to take with us mm-hmm. so before signing off just like to offer it to you too if there's any parting words you'd like to make well uh as usual don't let yesterday's mountain affect tomorrow's climb it's a slippery slope, slope.